Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Laguori, Retro Overdrive, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Keith Gasper, Discimera, GC Freak 898 The Saturnian, Dave Jackson, and Eric Guess. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to the most recent episode of Retro Hangover. gamers welcome to the podcast where we finalize frequent fatalities fairly from frothy friends featuring furious furries this is retro hangover i am your co-host chris copeline with nintendo host lp tiger special guest raging demon and as always your host shane test your dick might dragon <laughs> Koski. As a public service announcement from the Retro Hangover podcast, I would like it to be noted that if any of your friends do in fact happen to be frothing, please seek medical attention. <laughs> you're you're testing your dick might might not be so well if it is frothing. I mean, that, that depends on the froth, you know, <laughs> I think if it's bubbly and it's frothy, you need to get a sample and test it. Yeah. I mean, you can make a cappuccino with that. Ooh, yeah, taste test it. Yeah. There, there you go. Coffee dick art. <laughs> test your coffee dick art in your cap. Is it dickachino? Uh I was gonna uh, make a. I, I believe the correct term is cockachino. There we go. All right. No. Oh. <laughs> Out of all people, I expect you to be the least silent right now, demon. <laughs> well, I actually live in a city called Cockburn. Also, I would just like it to be noted for the first time I have I have seen Chris. This is in some inside baseball for everybody, but I've Ooh. seen Chris on camera do the Dick Dragon intro. And I can confirm that this motherfucker does not pull away from the microphone whatsoever. <laughs> not this time. Uh huh. No, I don't think Sometimes ever. Do. This explains a lot. <laughs> Did I go to space again? You always go to space. <laughs> you are the Elon Musk of podcast intros. If I could smoke some weed too, it'd be great. It just started, it just cut out when you were halfway through it for me so you must yeah. have got so loud it just attenuated the whole thing yeah yeah it did yeah, yeah. discord was like this man is unacceptable it's just another day <laughs> bye doge for us yes <laughs> to the moon yep and your placement of furries was quite apt given the game we're talking about what do you not know <laughs> the Mortal combat world champions are furry oh oh yeah well, did you do that by accident okay now I do. <laughs> yes, we Sonic definitely Fox. meant to do Sonic that. 
They know well, they know about the Mortal Kombat tournament life. Fuck's sake. I was going to say, I, I don't. This is not times. a game with Akuma. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is not brutal. Pause of furry, fury, whatever it was. God, could oh, you God, imagine please. if he had a, if he was in it and he had fatalities? Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the puns you could have. Yeah. <laughs> the pause. So, welcome to our show where we're going to be talking about Mortal Kombat. Um, oh, I hope you enjoyed that brief banter that we just had there. Uh, glad to have you on the show again, Demon. Pleasure to be here. Happy to have you here ever since we did that April Fool's episode with you. Yeah, like, like I said, it's a pleasure to be here. I love talking fighting games. I just, yeah, I could go on and on for hours, especially about Mortal Kombat. I mean, even though it does have a block button. Yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, that yeah. kind of fucks it a little bit, but yeah. Also, welcome back, Tiger. I feel like I have this deep feeling. I don't know what it is, but it feels like you've just talked about Mortal Kombat recently. I don't know why, though, but it's glad to have you back. Thank you. I've been... <laughs> I don't know either. Like, it's just uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to talk about how much it sucks again. So it's... <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> just going to set the tone for the rest of this episode now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, is it a unanimous? I'm, I'm so excited I don't to think figure it, is. it out. I don't know. No? Nah, Maybe. I, don't know. I mean, to be fair, it doesn't... It didn't suck. There was a time. But now... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. that was... You'd, like, you'd be slapped for saying that. Right, right, right. This is the Street Fighter 2 killer. If it can make it there. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a basically a, a, a Sega Nintendo or Sega Nintendo fight in the 90s, this one, isn't it? Except between two fighting game oh, franchises. In a way, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Be, yeah the same game. Yeah. And you could say Sega. We understand yeah. that, you know, you Australians are all upside down. So Sega is Is that okay. a thing? Yeah. Yeah, the younger people don't. Sega. Sega. That's what we used to say when I was a kid. But yeah, ah, the, younger, cool. the younger generation now sort of like brainwashed to say it the way you guys say it. But yeah. <laughs> but, the, the, the right way? They, they the, like it the rest of the world says it. <laughs> the, the, how the Japanese say it. How the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'll, I actually don't have a lot of room to talk on that one because the creator of the GIF said that it should be pronounced GIF, and I still think he's fucking wrong. Uh, he's so wrong. He's, just so he's totally wrong. wrong. And, and yes. we all know that if it was on the NES, it was Ninja Gaiden, and anything oh, after yeah. that is Ninja Gaiden. Right. That, that is correct. <laughs> that is factually correct, yes. <laughs> also, illusion of Gaia, not Gaia. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. yes. <laughs> anyway, as we are wont to do on this gaming podcast, we do like to talk about the games we have been playing, and we have two guests today. So I think it is more apt to kick it off i mean technically we have one guest and our nintendo host but we do have a guest which is raging demon so demon what games have you been playing lately i've been playing undernight inverse and i, I always fuck the title of that game up because it's got like 25 <laughs> letters afterwards but yeah i've been playing that tetris effect and i played uh, a little bit of mortal kombat 1 and mortal kombat 2 on my uh of course i do own the games, so i can emulate them so yes mm, not that that would course. stop me but yeah, no. And I played various ports of it and have notes. <laughs> I, we, we can see and we are happy to see them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tiger. What have I played? Oh, man. So like I want to mention that I have played this game called 2064 Read Only Memories. And oh. it's on Steam. 
And it seems to be some sort of point and click adventure that has to do with uh, the future. And they, this dude made a robot, which is, uh, has the ability to have feelings. I don't know. It's just like I had a, one of those things where you're like, I'm on Steam and I'm going to go through the top of the list. And since it starts with numbers, I'm going to start with 2064 read only memories. And one day I'll go through thousands of all my games and I'll be complete. And actually, the game itself is actually pretty cool. I, I, I was surprised how immersed I was in the story because it's a very story based game. They talk about the government and how corrupt it is. And basically like shocker, kind of like the liberals of the time and the conservatives of the time and how they disagree upon each other. And, you know, one side's all about humans, be more human. The other side's like, yeah, you got to use technology for what it is. So, you know, everything's all the same it's today. But uh, <laughs> Actually, I was about to say, it sounds like a fantasy world. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So anyway, that's a fun game I, I just uh, dabbled into a few weeks ago. I haven't touched it. Uh, the most recent game that I recently enjoy, recently, recently, is Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. It's funny. It's the same freaking letters. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 <laughs> Deluxe. Hey. Uh, you, got, you got those new tracks? Yeah, yeah. I've been playing the DLC. Like in uh, I, I have recently, not recently. I keep saying recently. God damn it. I was on a podcast a long time ago and someone asked me what game would I take on an uh, on an island by myself, you know, just, you know, if it was just me in the game. And I said Mario Kart 8 because, you know, I was actually in it at the time. And I love Mario Kart, specifically Mario Kart 8 so much that I love it. So <laughs> I don't I don't have anything for that. But the, the new DLC is just like uh, freaking awesome. Like it, I love the fact that a game so old that came out on the previous iteration <laughs> is now on the new iteration. People were expecting Mario Kart nine. They're like, no, 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 no. We can still, <laughs> they like they, Milk this it, thing. It, it originally has what? 32 tracks. They're like, eh, what's another 32? Yeah. <laughs> Is that including the original DLC like on the Wii U? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the original Wii U, I can't remember how many, but yeah, it did include the DLC from the Wii U. So that's why the switch version is called Mario Kart eight deluxe. Right. And then now they're coming out with four more waves of two courses each. They've already released four courses. I think I said that right. And they have two more waves of four more courses to go. I think through mm -hmm. next year. I can't remember the courses. One of the like the memorable course for me right now is Waluigi's Pinball. And that, that yeah. came out on the recent wave. Yeah, it's just it's fun to see how they redo all of the courses to like, you know, uh, current gen consoles. And, you know, it's it's Mario Kart. I think it's like they've hit a point of diminishing returns as far as like what new shit they can do or how much better it can look. Right. For so sure. it's just like, let's just. Let's just keep adding to this because it's it's fine the way I'm it is. Completely agreement because I was like Mario Kart Nine, like why? Yeah, like, you, like what this, are you gonna this, do? Yeah, it looks beautiful. Just go ahead and keep adding courses. And so when they announced it, I was like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> what else are you gonna, gonna do? Be like uh, season passes. Yeah. yeah, I bought it too. I haven't played the newest wave yet, but I played the first set. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you played the mobile version, like that, some of those courses are on there too. So that was nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I that, finally, that, I finally kicked that habit though. <laughs> yeah, no, it's games. not really a great habit. The mobile game. 
Although, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but apparently they have announced that they are removing like the gotcha system from the game now. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but (laughs) it's not, but that's nice. Apparently they're just changing the shops that you can just straight up buy stuff with rubies. They're done with the game and they're just going to repeat it over and over again somehow. Yeah. Like the Wii U. (laughs) There was a moment where I considered reinstalling Mario Kart Tour again after I saw that announcement and I was like, nope, no, yeah, no, I was, I'm, I'm not, good. not doing that. I'm good. So that's me. All right. A shame. Well, it's certainly not Mario Kart Tour. I can tell you that. <laughs> but <laughs> no, honestly, I, mine's not super interesting this time around. If I'm being perfectly frank, it's it's just kind of more of the same. I haven't really had a lot of time to do a lot of diverse gaming. So it's really just been making more progress and fallout 76 because that campaign is freaking huge wow wow and i'm still uh plinking away at, at, at making my my way through final fantasy 5 the right way this time <laughs> so i actually just got the the last crystal this afternoon i am well on my way unfortunately i had to say goodbye to Gallif, but that's okay but uh but yeah that, that's pretty much it me for right now uh what about you chris what uh what you've been got going on well, if you follow our Twitch channel, which by mm. this point, I refuse well, that was a while ago, <laughs> I know, right? If you're if you followed our Twitch channel a couple weeks ago now, you would have seen I've been playing East five Sands of Kefin or whatever the fuck it's called. It's a really short game. So by the time you're listening to this, it's probably over. So if you want to catch those playthroughs, just head over to our YouTube channel and you can see me playing that game there. And I'm actually having a really good time with it, which is mesmerizing because if you go on any one of the YouTube channels and look up East five is pretty much condemned as the black sheep of the East series. And yeah, it has its problems, but uh, I'm having a really good time. I'm enjoying the extremely low difficulty and overall short length. So it's hard for me to complain too much about it. I'll be making a RFR about that. I, as now I'm calling a rambling freely review because there's nothing rapid about them whatsoever. So uh, <laughs> that's that's what I'm doing right now. I'm going to complete it maybe even after this podcast. I'll see how things go and how I feel afterwards. In addition to that, I've also been playing Mega Man The Wily Wars. I've gotten through all three main Mega Man quests, so I'm done with Mega Man 1, 2, and 3. I just have to go through Wily Tower, and I've never done that before, so hopefully that's not too long or difficult. I don't think it will be, but you know, who knows? It probably is incredibly difficult, and I'm going to be frustrated and break it's my Mega Genesis over it. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be. So I'm probably going to be very angry. And I've also been playing a game that not for this. Po- well, I played a little bit of the game for this podcast, but uh, I mean, I did play it. The game after this one, I've been starting and I fired it up and I'm trying to get into it, uh, playing a version that Shane hates. So hopefully I do not walk away with it with any negative feelings. I'm going to say I'm going to stay silent about it on this hill wow. as well. Uh-huh whatever could it be <laughs> and for the record i told you that the only the only people that truly despise that hd remake are the people who played the game and loved it beforehand if you had like not a lot of prior experience or you don't have attachment to it you probably don't give a shit but like they royally fucked up that hd remaster they just they really did are you saying that the people that hate it are part of a cult that likes to kidnap children female children in order to worship their devil like representative that's I feel like that's a very large leap of logic. They kill puppies too. They do. Yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, we are here today not to talk about killing puppies. I guess technically, I mean, if you make a far enough leap, you can kill puppies in this game. But there are no puppies in this game. We are talking about Mortal Kombat, which has a storied legacy and a long, long and important history. But we're going to step back this week and we're going to let one of our guests talk about it. A fighting game aficionado. That's not Tiger, because we know he is also a fighting game aficionado. But our guest today, Raging Demon who is going to be giving us a brief history of Mortal Kombat. So, Demon. The world has been enveloped by Street Fighter 2. Well, at least the arcade world. And if you want to compete, you need to develop a competitive fighting game of your own. Midway Games definitely wanted some of that Street Fighter 2 cheddar, which meant they needed to make a fighting game of their own. They would turn to Ed Boon and John Tobias, two relatively unproven members of staff, to churn something out to compete and perhaps defeat Shang Long to stand a chance. The result would become much larger than probably any had anticipated and created a cultural phenomenon of their own, even beyond video games. This test of might swelled to become the second most recognizable fighting game alongside its aforementioned competition. This was Mortal Kombat. Given a budget of one million and an initial team of four people, the team wanted to create a game like Karate Champ, except with digital graphics of Pit Fighter. Midway also informed the team they wanted an action game based off the movie Universal Soldier with Jean-Claude Van Damme. As it turned out, Van Damme couldn't be part of the game because he was already in negotiations for another video game. A video game that wouldn't ever see release. As such, the team went to what they said was their original idea, a ninja-themed fighting game. And after getting released from the burden of creating a licensed game, they would soon be implementing more and more crazy, over-the-top moves and ideas. One of these ideas eventually, but not initially, was to incorporate a bit of ultra-violence the game would initially feature six playable characters, but due to the some playtesting and extra development time, they would eventually settle, on, settle at seven. All of the characters in the game would also be digitized from recording from John Tobias's Hi8 camcorder. The game would be released in arcades October 8th, 1992 in North America as Mortal Kombat. Other names of the game that were considered were Kumite, Dragon Attack, Deathblow, and Fatality. But the final name was settled when the word combat was written on the drawing board in Ed Boon's office, resulting in that concept just sticking from there. The reception was a tremendous success, with the game becoming the highest grossing arcade cabinet in October to November of 92, and several periods in 93, only behind NBA Jam. The home versions released in September of 1993 in North America and Europe would sell over 6 million units worldwide, most of which would go to the Sega Genesis due to its not-so-secret blood code. Critics would also enjoy the game, with many criticising the lack of violence not seen in the arcade version, but praising it as an overall solid fighting game. Beyond that, Mortal Kombat created a controversy that extended beyond video games. Because of the violence it featured and arguably celebrated, Old stodgy American congressmen got quite offended. Senators Joseph Lieberman and Herb Cole made it a point to go after Mortal Kombat. 
alongside other games like Night Trap, Doom and Lethal Enforcers as a showcase as to why the video game industry needed to be regulated by the government. Unless the industry could get it under control themselves, as a result, the, the Entertainment Software Rating Board, the ESRB, was established, a tool that continues to help parents ignore what their kids are playing. Mortal Kombat is one of those games that not only found a way to compete with the biggest games of its day, but also permeated culture as a whole. Its legacy extends far beyond the boundaries of its own confines of the series, but still affects, to an extent, video gaming as a whole today. The series does live on now with 12 installments that are still played frequently in the competitive scene with no signs of slowing down. And that is your brief history of Mortal Kombat. All right. Thank you, Demon. I'm glad you struggled through my poorly written brief history. And uh, we, we, I tried to set you up for success as much as possible, but I failed. But <laughs> oh. you did a fantastic <laughs> job in light of that. Very long. <laughs> but so is the tale of Mortal Kombat. Indeed. Indeed. They made the rating system. There's no doubt about it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There would be no ESRB without Mortal Kombat. They only tacked on those other games to give themselves a bit more steam. And they took it to the Congress and all that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. They, well, not your Congress, obviously. <laughs> well, we've got our own story about Mortal Kombat here, but yeah. Sorry, go on. I was about to say, I didn't think anyone in Australia really cared. I mean, you're just a bunch of former convicts anyway. I mean, why would you care what how much violence is in your game? Well, we're all Kano here. So that's just, oh. he's just <laughs> a <regular> guy. <laughs> but no, but no, like uh, obviously uh, this Mortal Kombat Nine, it's was flat out banned here and never got released until Wolf, till we had to change our rating system. Holy shit! Oh, yeah, we didn't really have a rating system even after we got the ESRB ones, and then we sort of mimicked those. And then uh, there was no R, there was no R rating, so some games just got straight up banned. And it was Mortal Kombat Nine that finally got that over the line because it got banned and people were so upset about it Wow! that they, they finally got their shit together and made an R rating. That is fascinating. That's interesting. I it had was no one clue. state yeah. holding it up too because this needed to be like, it's, it's a sort of federal thing. So each state had to agree and there was just one state that wouldn't. And that, I'm pretty sure it was South Australia, but it, it doesn't matter. It was just one dude who was just like, nah, we don't want. And then eventually they got them to come around. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Mortal Kombat affecting rating systems worldwide. Yeah. Offending the Australians so much they had to make a rating system. <laughs> <laughs> I bought my copy from the UK, so it didn't affect me. But yeah. <laughs> Those damn black markets. They weren't stopping us. All right. So we're going to move on to our personal experiences. I know you just read the history, uh, so I'm going to let you take a little bit of a breath here demon uh, and we'll catch up with you in a moment but let's kick this over to another one of the fighting game aficionados and that is tiger oh i thought tiger. you were gonna say me <laughs> oh yes <laughs> how dare you chris don't you remember I'll, i i like all of the the man on man action <laughs> shane's just he's fgc 
That'll definitely not be clipped and put out of context. <laughs> he hates Sonya. He hates female fighters, apparently. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, man, Goro's got four arms. Think about the possibilities. Do, do with your imagination what you will. Yeah. Hey, he's perfect in that one scene of Total Recall, then. That, so That is true. He's even got an extra yes. hand. He does. Well, to pleasure himself. Tiger. Oh, right. What is it's efficient? What is, <laughs> Jeez, you guys. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Are we just avoiding talking about Mortal Kombat? I feel like we are. All right. Tiger, like tell it. us about your personal experiences with Mortal Kombat, please, so we can stop I mean, we talking about you know, whatever we it is we're doing. Bore now. The listeners with such a <laughs> <laughs> such with a thing. Goro could do with four hands. <laughs> Oh boy! And if you're not into that kind of thing, just wait around till Mortal Kombat three. <laughs> right, oh, good point. <laughs> More arms. <laughs> Is it like that's that's the horse person? No, right? no, no, the female. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, Shiva, Shiva. Mm-hmm. All yes. Right, so, so Mortal Kombat personal experience for me. Uh, I feel like I've talked about this before. Uh, <laughs> feel like I've heard you talk about this yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's crazy. my first experience with Mortal Kombat was in the arcade. And during that time, Street Fighter 2 was, you know, the thing. Me and friends would always go up to the arcade, generally on Saturdays. It was a putt-putt golfing games, by the way. Mm. Street Fighter 2 would be our go-to. You know, unlimited golf until, like, noon, and then we spend our 40 tokens Generally, just trying to get a shot at Street Fighter 2. I do remember uh, when Mortal Kombat came in, because when that game came in, Street Fighter 2 was all of a sudden somewhat empty. (laughs) Not completely, (laughs) you know, but like everyone was hovered around this Mortal Kombat game. And I just remember being like, not excited, but surprised. I was surprised that OMG, look at these super high def graphics. These people look real. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I remember like the first time I played the game, I was surprised that uh, there was a block button, uh, <laughs> which was really confusing at the time because, you know, in Street Fighter 2, you just hold back. But I do know that that was problematic. So it's good that people now know how to block. But. <laughs> The thing that obviously stood out about Mortal Kombat was the fatalities. And that was like the thing that everyone wanted to do and the thing that everyone talked about uh, when the game came out. So that like, you know, that that really made its mark in the arcade during that time. And even like fast forward, it comes out on the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. I remember like my friend across the street had the Sega Genesis version. I had the Super Nintendo version. And like, I swore uh, that the Super Nintendo version was so much better. And then, you know, everyone would say the Genesis version was better because it had blood or whatever. But playing it now, actually, I kind of agree that Genesis was much better. But anywho, that was my personal experience uh, when Mortal Kombat first came out. And uh, notice that I didn't say if I enjoyed it or not. It was I uh, Hmm. it was just a time that I remember. (laughs) (laughs) That was, in fact, a thing that happened. Right. Indeed. It occurred. Other things also occurred. For sure. All right. While Demon still catches his breath from reading the brief history, Shane. <laughs> I just feel like you're making a lot of assumptions about how exhausted 
demon is after that. But he, he <laughs> he is so time. exhausted. Oh, I'm huffing and puffing. Well, it's fine because mine's going to be fucking short. So it's his, your time is nigh, sir. <laughs> because uh, my personal experience with Mortal Kombat is I knew it was the thing. And I saw it um, like around some of the, I, I would say arcades plural, but that wasn't really true because as I've said in previous episodes, we had like one. So it was more like pizza joints. Things like that. But I did see it around. Honestly, I I didn't really have a lot of experience with Mortal Kombat at all until MK2. That's really where it kind of took off for me. That was like that was the thing that suddenly everybody, at least in my little hometown, gave a huge shit about. Like everyone was around the MK2 machine. I can't say a whole lot for for the original here, but, you know, I, I was aware that it existed. I don't think I ever actually played it on a home console until way, way, way later. The the first one kind of just totally missed me. So as far in my head, as far as I'm concerned, MK2 was the first Mortal Kombat that may or may not be some foreshadowing about how the rest of this conversation is going to go. But, no, but no. there you have it. Good one to skip. <laughs> All right, Demon, Demon, do you have your breath back? I do. This, and, and this it, is a great game to not play. It's, it's funny, funny you said that, show because I actually played Mortal Kombat 2 first. So, like, See? yeah, I knew about Mortal Kombat. I'd heard about it, but I was very young when it came out, right? So I would have been on seven or eight or something like that. So, but I actually rented it. And my parents are the kind of parents who didn't, don't know fuck all about video games. So they didn't give a shit. They just rented me whatever I wanted. I got Mortal Kombat 2 first and I just remember being on that pit stage and just the computer like doing the stage fatality and me being like, what the fuck just happened? Looking at the screen <laughs> and seeing my character splattered on the floor. It just, but this game is just epic. It's just the mystique behind this game, the shock value. I, I remember seeing this in arcades and it wasn't until like, my uncle, he, he didn't give a shit what we played either. So when we went around his house, he was just like, oh, yeah, just go play the Mega Drive and, you know, whatever. And, and I've chucked the original Mortal Kombat on, the first one on the, on the Mega Drive, and uh, that's the first time I've played this game on a home port. And I've I played the arcade a few times after playing Mortal Kombat 2 because we had our local rec center. Mm. But it's just funny because the big deal they were making over the violence and all that, yeah, they would just stick an arcade cabinet in the middle of a, like a recreation center. like. And kids could just play it. But this this game, yeah. I have great memories of playing this game. And I even had it on the Master System. Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> on both accounts. <laughs> so you want to talk about the thing that happened that you're not going to talk about whether you enjoyed it or not? Well, that, no, I had the Master System version. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's still got blood in it. I mean, we know there's a Game Boy and Game Gear. I mean, if there's a Game Gear version, there's a Master System yes, version. That's pretty much how it works. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right, though. People like this is like the first car or the first plane, or even just like another good comparison Sonic One. Why would you play it? Hmm. You know, like, excellent as soon point. As number two comes around, there's a spin dash and all that. So it's like, it's, it's not a bad game, in my opinion. But yeah, number two is where it was really at for me. All well, right, Chris. Saves the suspense yeah. for later. Yeah. <laughs> so my personal experience, like I don't know where the first place I played it was. It could have been the arcade. <laughs> it could not have been. It could have been at the home console. All the only thing I know is I played a lot of the original Mortal Kombat, 
and I played it both on the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. And I know I owned a copy of it for the Super Nintendo, but not the Sega Genesis. I know a lot of my friends had a copy of the Sega Genesis. And here's the crazy thing about Mortal Kombat. I think no matter who you were in 1993, once it came out on the home consoles, if if you knew about Mortal Kombat, you knew the blood code for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> it didn't matter if you owned the game or not, because I didn't. And I knew I knew the blood code for the Genesis. It's a A B A C A B B. It's Abacab. I've met. Yeah. Abacab. It's like named after something. It's a, it's a homage to something. I can't Genesis remember. Song. Yeah, it's a song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, there's a, there's also a, a metal band named Abacab. It was oh. inspired by the oh. the Genesis code, but so it's, an, it's, a, it's a code inspired by the Genesis game, inspired by the band Genesis. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Every that. everybody knew that fucking code, yes. man. Yeah. Uh, so it, the thing is, too, is I remember playing the Super Nintendo version. Like the Super Nintendo version looks a little better. It plays a little better, but no one gave a shit. Like it didn't matter. It didn't have what people wanted for Mortal Kombat, which was ultra violence. They wanted the blood. They wanted the gore. They wanted the fatalities. They wanted Kano ripping the heart out of a person. They wanted Sub-Zero ripping the spine out of somebody. That's what they wanted, even though, you know, technically, I think the Super Nintendo was was slightly better. But that's not what Mortal Kombat was about. But like, I remember playing the hell out of this. And then Mortal Kombat 2 came out and everyone forgot about it. But until Mortal Kombat 2 came out, this was this was like the jam. It made people put down Street Fighter 2 for a second and say, hey, look, like there's another fighting game in town. And we all know you don't have enough money to get a Neo Geo. So you better check this out or you're going to be bored. <laughs> so that's essentially what everybody did. And it, it hit that sweet spot that was kind of in that gap between Street Fighter 2 and its many sequels. Uh, so like right before Street Fighter 2 Turbo came out, uh, there was Mortal Kombat and people gravitated to it because we were all little edgelords. We just didn't know it yet. It's important that this come out as well because there really wasn't a lot of competition going around for fighting games. You know, like exactly. It, yeah. And uh, the reason I made it, I, I sort of parallel with uh, Nintendo and Sega was because this is the Sega of the fighting games. It was good enough to to make Nintendo bleed, but not good enough to be better right so this i don't see mortal kombat is better than street fighter that's why the no the, the super nintendo version failed so epically because you can't sell mortal kombat on gameplay alone and that that's what they effectively did by taking all the gore out you know and uh, i played this this nest version and I, I yeah it's a bit smoother in the combat but this it, and there's some music missing i think as well but this but generally the music does sound better the sound effects sound better and the gameplay is a little better, but again, I just play Street Fighter too. If I was going to exactly, you know, like I like how you said it, that like made Nintendo bleed. That was that was a good. It, it I got did. A good I, I kind of did. Like, it made and it made Capcom bleed it made a little them bit. Sweat. Yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, it made them sweat everything. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it put Capcom on notice as well, and that was good. Yes. Yeah, because in North America, sure. SNK were not doing that, so. I do think it's worth noting, too, like you look at 1992 and it's kind of a year and I know we're making a lot of allusions to something Tiger's talking about. And I'm kind of making an allusion here for a future project we have for all of you that we can't quite talk about yet. But like you look at a year like 92 and you look at what Sega was offering at that time and it wasn't really a lot. 
like it had some really big standout titles. Don't get me wrong, but Nintendo was just absolutely dominating what was being released. So Nintendo was starting to swing the uh, momentum, especially with the Street Fighter 2. And then you have Mortal Kombat come out in 93. And if you look at the overall console sales in 1993, Sega outsold worldwide the Super Nintendo by 2 million units. And then you have to take in consideration that Mortal Kombat sold significantly more on the Sega Genesis than it did the Super Nintendo. You know, was it causation or correlation or however that saying goes like correlation, correlation does not exactly causation. You know, I'm yep. botched that, but we got it. <laughs> yeah, you were close. <laughs> I was close, but it, it could have had a profound effect. Like it really said that, hey, Sega, the Genesis Mega Drive, that is the console for for big boys and girls, whereas the Super Nintendo is is the console for for children which is a perception that continued to plague Nintendo for a really long time. Uh, I mean, eventually Nintendo would ultimately drive the nail in the coffin probably the next year. But like, this is one of those games that just kept that kept that system selling more than Super Nintendo, in spite of probably the overall lack in quality that the Genesis or Mega Drive had in comparison to the Super Nintendo. I believe that those are all excellent points. And then we should probably move on to talking about the rest of this shit about Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) That was about 40 minutes into an episode. That was about Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all pontificating in here. Yeah. We got to talk about plot. (laughs) What plot? Sorry. Well. Oh, Demon has it. it. They did a lot of this on the go. They did add a lot of, they did a lot of. Thinking on the fly when they made this game, though, the creativity in this game is amazing. Uh, you know, like mm. the Easter eggs, the, even the plot. It's like, oh, yeah, if you win 10 of these tournaments, we can take over your world. You know, you know? <laughs> it's just yeah. uh, all the tropes are there. I love it. I love how they, they just basically, it, it's a spoof, but it's not. You know what I mean? It, it's not like a clay fighter. You know, it's actually this game got taken seriously as a fighting game, even though it is full of tropes, you know. I mean, it does have a plot. Yeah. Yeah. The plot's pretty, uh, you know, it's, it's like every it's pretty shit. game plot. It's like if you win this tournament with your fists, you'll save the world somehow. So, <laughs> yeah, quite literally in Mortal Kombat's case. Mm-hmm. Tiger, I think you're, you're good to continue this one on. You seem like a Mortal Kombat plot guy. I love yeah, his notes. So, <laughs> LOL. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I mean, I kind of uh, compare it to street fighter honestly it's kind of the same thing even though street fighter 2 didn't really go into a story like mortal Kombat did in the you know while you're poor and you can't put coins in the machine now you have time to read the story <laughs> that <laughs> mortal Kombat had in like you know two paragraphs or whatever the only thing i get is that you know you have that overall you know, it's a tournament every person that wins has their own like continuation of somewhat of a plot in their backstory and street fighter did the same thing really yeah so i kind of i'm very like yeah plot darkness skulls souls (laughs) that kind of thing yeah so it's like whatever (laughs) look at what it's become though with all the lore. And oh all no, that. no. Yeah. For, for, for what it's become, that's like a whole different thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Mortal Kombat. One is like, eh, you know, they, they, they have a, they have a start. Good start, I guess. They let our imaginations do all the work. That's for sure. You know, like. It, oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. I mean, you didn't really need to flesh out anything back then. Well, and I, I think that actually helps in a way. Yeah. In that, you know, I think it kind of 
it maintains this like level of like mystique right like around the characters and the sort of universe that they're trying to build here you're talking about like the plot as it goes through the rest of the series on one hand like it's nice to expand on those things but i kind of look at it the same way as i do uh like the han solo movie like i didn't fucking need that like i didn't need to know (laughs) the backstory of han solo because part of his part of the 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 mystique of his character was that we didn't know all of it like you know, why is he the way he is? Why does he do this, et cetera, et cetera? And you could fill in the blanks and that's what made his character compelling. And then when you go and go like, oh, his last name is Solo because a guy said he was alone and didn't have a last name. So he wrote down his last name was Solo. Like, (laughs) fuck you. Like, what? That's terrible. And it's, it's like kind of the same feeling I have about some things like this where I appreciate that and i know this isn't what they were doing initially they're probably just like i don't know we came up with some shit here you go but looking at it now i do appreciate that there isn't you know an exhaustive like lore book behind this or something because most of the time whatever your brain's going to fill in for you know the the missing pieces generally is going to be more interesting at least to you than whatever it is that they're going to just kind of like force feed you plus it it fosters that sort of like schoolyard conversation right i'm just like oh you know what do you think this is and blah 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 and you you kind of you kind of lose that when they sort of just like fill in all the blanks for you well and explain it all for you right i mean this this games have has more rumors and urban legends than any other like from the time you know you just street Mm. fighter 2 had sheng long (laughs) that's all it had (laughs) yes you know, it doesn't have yeah. all of the various, oh, and you can do this secret fatality and then all the, obviously, the Tomb Raider uh, urban legends, if you know what I'm saying. You know, like of all the female characters, you know, all of one yes. in this one. But, yeah, like it's just all the what can you do and what can you unlock and you can play as this guy and there's another ninja and all this sort of stuff. I mean, this game is full of stuff like that and they did it by not telling you anything. Yeah. Well, they they have a little a little intro where I think they tell you the backstory of some of the characters. Yes, yeah. uh, and what their motivations are. Like especially in the arcade version, it'll be on the the, the rolling prompt. You know, the yeah. whatever it's called, where they try to bring you into the the game and then the demo and all that stuff. But I will say this: like for for a fighting game, it's not quite as in depth when you start looking into like Fatal Fury and uh, what's what's the accompanying one. So there's the one with Terry Bogart, Fighters World. History, I think. Oh, okay. Not world heroes that, that might yeah. be too but they're interconnected and there's like this kind of woven in plot between those games and it ties into the king of fighters and all that stuff like that hmm. so it's not quite as in-depth as what snk was trying to do but it's certainly a little bit more in-depth when you think about like the layers of complexity they were t- attempting even though it was like over the top goofy tropishness as demon said uh it's it's a little bit more complicated than what they were trying to do with street fighter 2 which was just you know, bad guy, bad guy named Bison is, you know, trying to take over the world and all these people are just trying to prove themselves where here you have like Sang Shun, who's like stealing souls and is running this tournament. You have to defeat him in order to save the planet. And he has this evil like monster defending him in Goro. And everyone has their motivations like uh, Kano and Sonya or they have their like intermingling relationship where Sonya's chasing Kano as like a special agent and Kano is like a convict. So like Demon said, he's Australian, of course. And uh, as the movie proved, and uh, you have like the, the rivalry between Sub-Zero and Scorpion, which everybody knew. 
Like everybody knew that. Like everyone knew they were rivals, even though for some reason I don't think they were in the movie bastards. And like Luke Kang, <laughs> everyone was like, that was everyone's main because he had this this backstory that was just kind of created in this this like ether that everyone just kind of accepted. So you look at like Mortal Kombat having this this plot that was like really loosely in the game that I really think took off with a lot of the fans of the game, whether or not they were invested in the arcade or the home console version, which was really cool. And you just didn't see that from a lot of these types of games leading up to that. And it even got deeper later with Mortal Kombat 2. And as all of you said, like where the lore is at now is just insane. Yeah. Well, well, it's also interesting to note, right? Because I'm over here fucking pontificating about like the 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 lack of plot being this like great device or whatever. But it should probably be noted that there was a lot more backstory to the original Mortal Kombat, but it was only available via initially via a mail order comic book. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so eventually it was sold just in stores, but uh, from the get, you can only do it via mail order. And so that filled in like a lot of the the backstory about like Shang Tsung and Goro and, you know, all the other characters and how they got to the tournament and their backstories and things like that. So there is more there. But if you were like presumably most of us who a did not even know this comic book existed or, you know, B just didn't ever care or see anything about it, then. All you really got was just what you saw, you know, like you said, from like the the initial crawl on the arcade game and crawl. The, that's it. Yeah. then like the <laughs> brief descriptions of like the characters and then you just kind of filled things in from there. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you look at what Street Fighter 2 did with Super Turbo when they did add story out like endings and stuff. So that was something you, you could see they added later to that game. But I think Mortal Kombat did just enough and a little bit more than the rest at the time to get your imagination going and you know make you want to read the instruction manual and see what their bios are and, and look for comic books and read magazines and stuff if you're really into the game that is and then they take mm-hmm. all these rumors and things and turn them into actual plot and characters in subsequent <laughs> games as well which i think is really awesome you know like that's another thing these guys were kind of wild these uh developers they weren't like capcom they weren't like the other developers at the time they kind of just did whatever they wanted. They were definitely fan servicey. Yeah, they very much. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't have enough. They didn't have enough to be fan servicey at that time. Very much so later, though. Speaking of fan service, I don't know how I'm tying this in here, but how about <laughs> let's talk about how this game plays? If you like to play by yourself, or you like to play with others? Aha! There, I tied in fan service. Wow. Uh, whatever. <laughs> that was lame. <laughs> Shane, how about you kick this one off? What did you think about how this game plays? Oh, boy. You're going to start with me, huh? All right. <laughs> sure. as well. Uh, well, I mean, I I feel as though most people are aware, if you've been listening to the show long enough, that I'm not exactly the biggest fighting game fan. It's not that I think that they're bad. It's just I am bad at them, and that's okay. So I kind of tend to stay away from them, but I have played enough and especially some of the, the, you know, later entries in this series in particular, specifically MK2 and 3 that, you know, sort of by comparison, I have a pretty good sense of things. And uh, hmm. so, you know, earlier how Demon mentioned that the Super Nintendo version of this game by removing the, you know, majority of the violence and gore basically set up the game to be viewed and judged almost solely on the the content and its gameplay. 
that was a bad idea because this game doesn't play well. Oh shit. <laughs> like at all. Uh it's rough. It's it's rough. It just is. And you know, that's sort of the conclusion that I came to about this game is that if you sort of if you take away all of that sensationalist stuff, you are left with a what I would consider to be a mediocre fighting game, mm. like at best. It can be very stiff at times. The blocking thing isn't necessarily a bad thing, I, I don't think, but it was very different at the time. And I think that there's some other thoughts about that from some of the folks here with us today that I'm sure they'll kind of expound upon. But yeah, by and large, I I just could never get into playing this game. And I know part of that was spoiled, right? Because anytime you experience an iteration on something, it's hard to go back to you know the thing that started it, um, because most of the time they are very rough. But I don't know. I guess you'd have to you'd have to talk to somebody who was like there at the time for a a, a purer take on it, because as far as I'm concerned, I have never thought that this first entry in the series was particularly that good Mm. at all. (laughs) I'll go. I'll go next here. And I can't say I disagree with you. So in preparation for this episode, I played both the arcade version of this game on an original arcade cabinet at leaderboard here in orange park <laughs> shout out to them enjoy it uh if you're in the local area they're fantastic but uh, i went to play it and some mortal Kombat, and yeah i had some issues not so much like it was it was it played decently enough for an arcade cabinet it's like okay i just i know i'm not too good with an arcade stick i'm more used to the d-pad that's how i grew up playing fighting games so i was like oh, i'm gonna play some i'm gonna play some mortal Kombat when i come back i was good at this game when i was a kid I'm going to play this on an emulator. I'm, I'm going to fucking slay. I'm going to just relive those moments. So I started out, I put it on easy. and I got fucking destroyed. It's like, you know what? I'm going to put this on very easy. And then I also got destroyed. And when I was noticing <laughs> I was having issues doing any of the down to forward, down to back moves. I could do the back, back punch like Scorpion to get the get over here, the, the spear. And I uh, could do the uppercuts and the sweeps and everything like that. The roundhouse kicks. I could do all of that. When it came to executing any moves that required anything more than a double tap, it became really problematic. So I was like, OK, I'll change out my controller, change out the controller. Same problems. I'm like, maybe it's just RetroArch. So I loaded up a game that I thought would be very comparable and was a little bit more complicated in Street Fighter 2. And lo and behold, I'm pulling off Hadoukens and Hurricane Kicks and <laughs> Dragon Punches like nobody's fucking business. I'm like, there is a serious problem with this game. I don't know how I was so good with Sub-Zero when I was a kid, but doing like basic special moves are a problem. Not to mention like the the AI is just harassing. It has no chill. And it's like a <laughs> it's a proven fact that the AI reads your button inputs mm-hmm. and that's how it reacts to you. Fuck that. That is bullshit. And the block button sucks. And I just got to say, too, like for the Sega Genesis, not having enough buttons like that's I don't know how that's considered to be the superior version, because the start button is the block button, whereas the Super Nintendo is the R button. Where you're from. Yes. Yeah, it's so it's so shit. I would say, like, definitely a superior version out of what I played is the arcade version. Like the Super Nintendo is just there is something off about it. Maybe it's because I'm old. I don't remember. I'm not sure. But it's it's completely fucked. Demon, what what you got? <laughs> well, I mean, we mostly had six button controls here, so I'm not going to criticize the Mega Drive version for that. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with basically everything. And I t- my take on this is like what I said, it's like the first car, the first plane, it wasn't good enough gameplay-wise to compete with Street Fighter. It just wasn't. Like, because you're right, it kind of was a little janky. It was good enough to be a fun game to play and to be fun to play against people. But the gameplay itself, I mean, the block button, I'm used to that now with other fran- franchises like Soul Calibur and stuff as well. But remember at the time hating the block button. I did play this for the first time on a three-button controller because my uncle had a really old Mega Drive and that's all he had. So he he sprung for everything. He got the Sega CD. He got all the, all the add-ons except didn't think to get a six-button controller. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, and swapping between the high and low punch, you know, I believe you used B or start or something. to sw- it was, Start was block. There was a way to swap mm-hmm. between the high and the low punch and kick. But yeah, it I is, don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I I've played the Super Nintendo version. I think it plays a little better, and obviously the arcade version is the best. But Mortal Kombat, the AI is fucked. I totally agree. It, it's it's not fun. You know, it, it's you know, even when you set it on easy, it still it still just does the same janky shit. And then you have to resort to being cheap yourself to beat it. Everyone here who beat this game has probably done the same thing against Goro. You get a couple of jump kicks in and then you just sit there wailing on it with punches while he blocks. Mm-hmm. And you just have to keep going till the round ends. It's got a lot of flaws, the gameplay. You know, like it, it really, without being too unfair to it at the time, because at the time it was quite a high standard. You know, you go back and you play it now, you're like, ow. You know, Street oh. Fighter 2, yeah. And it, I'll tell you what, what proves Mortal Kombat's gameplay is was not good is if you look at Mortal Kombat now, all the controls are completely different. You look at Street Fighter now, they're exactly the same. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, That's a good point. Yeah. Right. And just to say, when you're like, there wasn't much of a comparison at the time, realize that Fatal Fury 2, World Heroes, and Fighters History all came out the same year as Mortal Kombat did in the arcade. Yep. I don't know what it is about SNK games at the time, though. Like, they just didn't capture a Western audience, like they just struggled in that way. And they're not bad. Like I played fa- I played a right. Fatal Fury game on the Mega Drive and it was okay. But like I just don't know what it was that they – I mean obviously Mortal Kombat's got the shock and awe of fatalities but like and the gimmicks of that. You could say there were better controlling fighting games besides Street Fighter than this, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I, I feel like I, play, I played the arcade version recently. I played the Super Nintendo version with that patch for the blood which i thought was quite cool but um it held up well enough but it's too basic and it's too unreliable input wise to be sort of like something you'd play with your friends just for fun now yeah tiger yeah i'm not gonna be that mean (laughs) (laughs) i do think there were some good things that kind of being well how do you say it it's a it's an old ass game and you know it it was the first of its kind, uh, so they had to figure out how to start, you know? Gameplay. Uh, like I said earlier, the thing that people liked the most, you know, other than the fatalities or whatever, is that it looked real. Mm-hmm. And I think, <laughs> and I guess we're going to talk about that later, that kind of helped with ignoring the fact that the gameplay was shitty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say that I was hypnotized in that for a little bit, you know, because... We were so into the fact that, man, that's a real person there, you know, regardless of how they're jumping and how they're moving or whatever. Uh, It was very stiff, you know, in in comparison to every other fighting game at the time. But it seemed like at the time people didn't care. No, they didn't. 
Yeah. And and one thing that I want to kind of give them like props for, in a sense, is that their buttons actually made sense. So if, if you go to like the old Street Fighter 2 cabinet, you have jab, strong, fierce, short, forward, roundhouse. Those were the six buttons. And sometimes they made sense. Sometimes they didn't. For a person that is, you know, that doesn't know crap about fighting games, it, it could be a little much. Uh, one thing that Mortal Kombat did do is that when you pitch, you, you pushed high punch or high kick, it literally was a high punch or a high kick, low punch, low kick block. All of it was there. All of it made sense. So it made it easy for the user, the player to understand what they were doing or how to do it. I will say that as a beginner, people don't use the block button anyway, so it really didn't matter that it said block. Eventually, they'll understand, oh, block, I can not get hit. <laughs> so. I refuse to do that. <laughs> I'm still pretty like, bad. I still barely use the block button myself. It's, it's like breaking in an arcade racing game. Yeah, so it's like that or, you know, it's like, take, 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 it's like taking a move for your Pokemon that doesn't reduce HP. I, I, nobody got time for that shit. <laughs> That's like the difference between the people that continue playing competitively and not. <laughs> yeah, like, listen, I ain't got time for this block shit. The ones shit. that burn too bright to last too long. That's me. I'm just like, I ain't got time to block. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I, who would lower the other Pokemon's stats before attacking? What a waste of time. Just attack. I know. Like, right? I, That's a wasted turn. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah. In fact, Mortal Kombat leads into this by rewarding you a lot for not blocking, right? There's even in MK2, you can fight secret bosses by not blocking and things like that. So they know people don't want to oh, do sure. it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know our control scheme is ass. I said, so what you're saying is I was doing it right this entire time. But, but I'll give them credit as well that they didn't they didn't copy Street Fighter. They did come up with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah. That, yeah, that is good. That is a good thing because <laughs> they didn't do the thing that works. They certainly didn't do something good. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they also didn't discover the one button, one limb thing that um, that Tekken would do. So, oh, geez. which would have been yeah. better. Which would have been a better way, you know, which they do now. But like back then, they, yeah, they could have taken that approach. But yeah, the high and low punch thing, I kind of like that. The high and low kick thing, I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that is a solid point. It's, it's much better than trying to figure out how to fierce someone. How <laughs> <laughs> fierce you. <laughs> I think the yeah. one thing that also wasn't mentioned was the fatalities. So that's. That that's what the gameplay. I mean, what, who cares about any of the other stuff? Like that's what it leads up to. Yeah. So well, what know. happens when you can't do any of them, Tiger? <laughs> what happens that's, then? You go to Kmart and you go to the magazine <laughs> section and you flip the book until you hopefully you find some fatality buttons that will help you. So then you remember it or rip out the page, uh, write yeah, them down uh, in your little notebook. Bootleg <laughs> ass post-it note from somebody and just like, here's how to do this. Rent the game. Hopefully somebody left their move list. Yeah. In the, in the instruction manual, they wrote it in there. This is after going through the Sears lingerie list. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it had the gameplay where it counted it during that time and either that was enough for then but you know now not so much yeah i mean so there you have it <laughs> it, it just sounds like we savaged it hard but 
and it was a fucking game from like 92. <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> 93 or whatever. So. <laughs> Street Fighter 2 is from 91. Still, hold, still holds up. No excuses. Yeah, true. No excuses. Did you know it doesn't hold up? Street Fighter 1. <laughs> oh no that's from like 88 though we don't talk about street fighter one no we don't not even capcom talks about street fighter one right right never existed <laughs> trying to get that trophy on the 30th anniversary collection was fucking oh i hate that game <laughs> mortal Kombat, so great we talk about street fighter <laughs> yeah but how can you not right yeah you know. uh, yeah you're you right you're right you have to how can you talk about coke without mentioning pepsi you know what i mean like you can't like i i just what what is the rc cola in this metaphor now <laughs> mortal Kombat. no well i mean well uh, sure i guess okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah so what snk's pepsi then okay yes. there you yeah. go yeah to be fair they this was at the time quite a good game. And even though we're saying the gameplay was kind of shit, the gameplay of most of the games oh, yeah. back then were kind of shit. So, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, most of the, you're right. Most of the fighting games that weren't Capcom or SNK, like, they couldn't compete with Mortal Kombat. Like, it was nowhere close. Yeah. It was kind of like that middle ground. For me, the Mortal Kombat, um, the arcade machines, AI, just the AI in general was always what fucking made this game just so aggravating you know like if they if they had to fix that this game would have yeah not that it wasn't successful i just think it would have been next level successful but yeah i mean they didn't know either oh yeah and and then you talk about cheap bosses they boss rages are real on mortal Kombat, that's for sure (laughs) especially about it reptile right (laughs) how the fuck you supposed to find him those hints that they give you are so fucking (laughs) like vague and you're never going to get there like reading that, look to the look to La Luna or, or what's some of the other ones in the pit you'll find me. Uh, yeah, those ones, okay. Maybe it's on the pit stage. But the rest of it, like, you don't know that you need to not block, do a fatality, get a double flawless. You don't you don't know about all of the actual important detail to getting to reptile or that the witch needs to be near the moon and all that sort of stuff. Like <laughs> fuck me. I don't know if anyone's ever fought reptile at the arcade, like legitimately. Because <laughs> They sure as hell wouldn't be able to afford it. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it's like yeah. the Simon's Quest approach to secrets. Yeah. Some some rich dude is going to write in, like, I fought in the arcade. Yeah, I took Asshole. fucking 300 bucks down there and just, yeah. Me and my three <laughs> console Christmas. But yeah. There it is. Yeah, the fatalities were kind of, you know, you look at them now, they're kind of shit. Like, <laughs> they're like the one saving grace of the gameplay demon's just like actually that sucked too but they make fun of them in the newer one right where johnny cage's head uh where he uppercuts their head off i believe he's got that one in uh mk1 mm-hmm. and they do uh, they do one where he he uppercuts their head but fucks it up and then he has to do another take because he's a, <laughs> an actor and right, they just right, say, right, cut, right. cut, and he does it again. I think that's fucking kind of that's kind of brilliant too. But they know they know how uh, you know primitive their game was, and they still you know at, you know for the time, well by modern standards, that they they still have enough sort of they can laugh at themselves, which is something Capcom can't yeah. do. Oh, you they're know? laughing at themselves in this game. Yeah, yeah, but they the, don't take the, themselves the too toasty. seriously. Yeah, yeah, it's never serious. It's, that's I think that's part of the charm of Mortal Kombat. Like, for all the shit that we give it, like, in terms of gameplay, it never takes itself too seriously. It's always like, yeah, we're just a bunch of dudes just having a good time making this fucking game. Like, they seem to give 
less shit about it than like we do from a critical perspective. There's like, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Now I'm sure, I'm sure they have much more, you know, serious feelings about it than that. But you just get an impression of, yeah, if you like it, you like it. We're just here to make sure you have a good time. And like, this is ridiculous and we know it's fucking stupid, but have a good time with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I like what Ty was saying about the fatalities actually go down the fucking Kmart and start writing, go down and start writing. <laughs> I totally did that. <laughs> <laughs> write them down that's amazing and then leave <laughs> there was no they weren't even putting it in the manual no they're like here's some moves the fatalities you have to wait for someone else to figure out put in a cheat guide or a magazine and you know and then just watch the computer do it to you until then mm-hmm. <laughs> well speaking about fatalities which were quite a display of amazingness at the time oh well, kind of let's talk about how this game looks how it's held up graphically So I'll start this one off and I'll say this. When I played the arcade version, I think like it's it could look a lot better. But when you when I look at it of the era, I think it still looks okay. Like it still looks pretty good. It doesn't look as bad as you think it would. So like for an arcade game, for the most part, it it holds up. If you're going to play that version, there's not much wrong with it. It doesn't look as good as, say, Street Fighter or the SNK games, which are like full-blown sprites. But I think it like it's not like visually displeasing. Now, what is visually displeasing is the 16-bit versions of these, especially like the 8-bit ports on the Game Boy and the Game Gear and Demon's aforementioned and beloved Master System. Like those ports are just they're they're pretty fugly. They're not good looking. And they they definitely have not aged as well as the Street Fighter or other fighting game ports that use sprites as opposed to digitized graphics, as is the case with many games that chose to went that route to to go that route for the time. It looked great. I I do have to say that, like Demon even said with the gameplay, like for the time, it looked phenomenal. This was what people wanted. But now looking back at it is just it hasn't aged well. The frames of animation are really choppy. It's not that visually pleasing, and you can get better experiences somewhere else on either console. Tiger. It looks so good! Does it? <laughs> <laughs> the characters, they look like real people! <laughs> I said that earlier, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, we are going to get to it, like you said. Here we are. Yeah, they're so real! <laughs> yeah, that's all I really have to say. <laughs> like the graphics, it's like... Uh, that's what we wanted when we were in the 90s. We wanted graphics that looked real. And as you can see 30 years later, we still don't give a shit if they look like, well, I don't think that's necessarily completely true. But like they obviously didn't go the same route of the way that they filmed or the way that they filmed and put these characters in the game. Nah, that, that, that shit don't happen no more. Now they're just like, nah, let's just put these little ping pong balls on you for good reason and then we'll just make you we'll make you in a computer <laughs> we'll, we'll make you look better than you actually look right now in real life well, uh, i agree with chris i think the arcade version still looks good yeah, yeah. No, i mean i i'm kind of half joking but yeah oh the 16 yeah episode, but yeah but you know at, at the time as i said you know during the time it was like kind of eye-popping mind-blowing how how good it looked but yeah as you said earlier yeah it's it doesn't hold up <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, continue your thoughts there, Stephen. Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, obviously the 8-bit versions are just the 8-bit versions. Like, you, you can't do anything with that. Like, <laughs> so no. they, they look shit, you know, and I think they did do a slightly better job with the, 
Because believe it or not, MK2 is on the master system also. They do a better job with that port. But like the 16-bit versions did look good for the time and it was getting more realistic. But Jesus, it's, it's got awful now. Like ugly. It's ugly. And But it's funny you say talk about like caring about graphics or not caring. I've never really cared that much about the graphics. It just has to look good enough. And I think more people feel that way now that we have such good graphics with games. People are like, eh, it's all right. Like, look at how popular Guilty Gear is. And that's still just, like, animated. It's like, it looks like hand-drawn, like, comic book style, like kind of like the old 2D fighters, whereas Street Fighter 4 and 5, there's a lot of criticism of how the, them trying to be realistic. Like, uh, especially with 4, I thought 4 was ugly. And they, that's got good graphics, but it just doesn't look right. Because I think MK, if you look at a modern MK now, they're so realistic. Like, it, that they have nailed it and it does look really good. But I don't know if people necessarily care as much as they used to care about graphics. But it was super impressive at the time. And I, I just remember even, like, when the first sort of 32-bit consoles came out and they started to get 3D, people were like, oh, it's so great. Look how realistic it is. You know, it was definitely a thing that got talked about, and you can see when they created this game, they definitely leveraged people wanting games to look more realistic. For sure, Shane. Yeah, well, and I I tend to agree. I mean, this is it's the same thing as like that diminishing returns thing we were talking about earlier with Mario Kart, right? It applies here too with MK going through the years. Like you start to get to a point um, where it's just like you know, Demon is saying like, ah, people don't really care too much about it anymore and to a certain extent i think that's true because we've kind of hit a point where it's like well i think we've kind of hit the pinnacle i don't know how much further we can go with this but back you know in 1992 i will say like as much as i personally if this was not already evident don't necessarily give a huge amount of shit about this game <laughs> at the same time i respect what it did and this this particular category, if we're talking about graphics, like this is the reason why it was what it was, like why it was so culturally relevant and why it made the impact that it did, because this was not the first time because you had Pit Fighter, but nobody gave a shit about that. It but sucks. like this was the the most like prevalent example, the first real thing to sort of like break into the public consciousness of having actual human beings digitized in a game and presented in this fashion and that's of course where the whole craze came around of like oh think of the children with the blood and the and the violence won't somebody please think of the children turns out we were we're mostly okay um i think but uh but no i i actually i agree like as much shit as i've been giving this game especially the arcade version for sure i still think it looks pretty good all things considered i mean it's tough too right because if you're comparing this to other sprite based games around this same era especially other you know big heavyweight 16-bit titles did it age as well as those no but that's also because those were much more stylized and as we all know the stylized approach tends to hold up far better you know over over time where this was going for a much more realistic approach. And just like any other game that does that, even, you know, further on in console generations, when you try to get that gritty realism or whatever, that shit does not age well. And that kind of happens here. But truth be told, like, you know, all things being equal, I, I really do think that arcade Mortal Kombat 
still looks pretty good for for how old it is. The one thing and I even thought this back in the day when this was still like fresh. So I don't know if anybody else thought this or not. Maybe it was just me. This changed with MK2 going forward. But with the first one in particular, I remember even as a kid thinking, looking at these sprites, I mean, first of all, I was like, holy shit, that's cool. But then upon like closer inspection, because they're real people and because this was sort of the first take on this, you could like you could see the budget Mm. in the costumes. (laughs) Because like if you if you look close enough at some of the costumes for, you know, well, any of the characters really, but like especially like Scorpion and Sub-Zero and you really look at their get ups, you're just like, hmm, this is like this is like one step above spirit Halloween. (laughs) Yes, they're ready for covid. (laughs) They they are. Reason Mortal Kombat cosplay was so popular for a couple of years there. I love how they didn't even spring for the actors either they're just like regular people who worked on the project they they got very uh i don't know i don't yeah. think they got paid a lot <laughs> so, and some of them were the people who worked on the game as well which is hilarious oh, yeah. dressed up as ninjas yeah, yeah. That, that was a, quite a good approach though the digitize the sprites it would have been quite expensive at the time but i think it was worth it yeah well i mean obviously it paid off right this this is the thing that set them apart i mean we've pretty like unequivocally said that the gameplay is not what props this game up by any stretch. So the presentation here is really the thing that sold it. Um, if they hadn't done this, if this had just been, you know, a, a bloody 2d fighting game, but with just, you know, more traditional sprites, I don't think that mortal Kombat would have gone on to have the, the franchise and legacy that it does. I think everything was hinged on them, you know, cranking up the, the realism and violence. Yeah, it's time to transition over to the music and sound for this game. So I think for this one, Tiger, how about you kick it off? What did you think of the sound direction for Mortal Kombat? Get over here. Yes, that's like the that's the iconic like that's that's the sound effect that I hear when I think of the first Mortal Kombat, not to mention the first move that I really wanted to do because not one of the easiest, but the sounds were, you know, I've always like if you listen to past episodes that i've been on i'm always a stickler about sound effects and that that's really like what can make a game much better than it actually is or i can't remember the music very well though and i don't know if that's because i barely played the arcade version in a loud setting or uh super nintendo just had crappy (laughs) quiet music so like that didn't really stand out for me very well, except for the character select screen. I remember that music very well, <laughs> but the, the sound effects is really what stands out here for me for you know the fact that there's people saying things. And I think that's part of the whole realism too. the fact that you're not just hearing some, you know, you're actually hearing a person like say words or, you know, Finish blah, 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 you know, whatever. Yes. <laughs> I, again, the sound effects are very iconic for the series, and I think that's when you're talking to people about Mortal Kombat, they talk about the fatalities and they, they talk about the get over here's. Yeah, I think the sound's great. I'm just going to echo everything Tiger just said. Uh, I don't remember the music either. and I think, you know, when I went through the soundtrack for this recently, nothing really stood out. I think everyone remembers the character select screen, but everything beyond that is just very kind of nondescript, especially again, here's Street Fighter 2 where pretty much you can play any single one of those themes. And it's like, oh, 
that's Ryu's or, oh, that's Guile's or that's Ken's. That's not happening here in Mortal Kombat. Like the music is just there and it's not particularly good. It's not bad, but it's just there. But the sound effects themselves, those are iconic. The, the Like all the right. vocalizing that they have there. Everyone knows get over here. Everyone knows finish him. Everyone knows that shit. It's and everyone knows toasty. I think that was in the first one. Everyone <laughs> knows that shit. We all do round one fight. Everyone they think that is either Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. And it, most of it probably in the United States, that's Mortal Kombat for a lot of people. So the sound design is is there. Like even the moves, like what Liu Kang says or the, the crazy babble shit that Raiden <laughs> says or Raiden or I think it's Raiden. Like all that shit, that's all that's all in there. And that's that can't be overstated. It's iconic. And that's not even talking about some dude's hat and watchdogs. It's actually iconic. <laughs> I love that we keep bringing that back. <laughs> we have to. You hear that, Ubisoft? <laughs> Fuck you, you French company. <laughs> <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> All right, Demon, what do you think of the sound design? Oh, I, I agree. I think the sound effects are very uh, that. That's where they nailed it, right? They they did a better job with sound. I mean, obviously that that little bit rough on the Mega Drive, but like, <laughs> but the sound effects themselves, everyone remembers. Come here, get over here, and 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 even to what I was impressed with for the time is you uppercut them. And the crowd cheers. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. The stage interacts with what's going, you know, going on. I remember some of the music, like the pit stage and the things mm-hmm. that the characters lecturing like everyone else, but it's not really the music tracks you remember. And they're not really tied to a character like they are in Street Fighter where each player has a stage and it has this music. It's not like that. But I think the sound effects, you just, everyone knows them and they were well implemented. Uh, the use of like a, like commentary effectively. During the match, you know, or shout even like when you get to the second one where you got Shao Kahn speaking, you know, while you're fighting, like he's watching. You know, it's I think all this stuff's for the time. It, it still holds up. It's still still cool to hear it, you know. Yeah. And it's not annoying the way Street Fighter is, you know, like when you throw Hadoukens. I mean, Raiden's, you know, is but like for the most part, <laughs> you, you, you're not just hitting. This is one of the things that drives drives my girlfriend nuts when I play these fighting games is that when they say something, when they shoot a fireball, it's fucking annoying over and over and over again. You know, like, and they didn't really do that in Mortal Kombat, and I, I think that's good. It didn't say toasty every single time. It didn't say excellent every time you uppercut it. Just every now and then. And I think that was really well done. Oh, yeah. Shane? I tend to agree with pretty much what everybody's said. I will say that for my own... Like personal experience, the and you know, obviously we're gonna have to do an episode about this. But MK2's music, they they stepped it up hard on that because I I remember to this day a lot of MK2's stage tracks because they're they're good. They're not bad here either. Actually, I I actually really dig the the vibe that they went with with this. It does fit the the more you know sort of. I guess, gritty tone that they were trying to go for as far as like the violence and stuff. I do like a lot of the the more sort of like bassy drums that they've got. It gives it this very sort of like tribal kind of feel, which I think fits really well. I love the the gong sound effect when you go into the character select screen like that's just fantastic. I actually I feel like I'm a little bit more positive about the the backing tracks in this game than I think maybe y'all are just because I they're not super iconic but they're also not intrusive i think they do what they need to do and if you if you really do listen to them 
because truth be told, like if you were playing this, chances are it was in a super loud fucking arcade. So you probably <laughs> didn't get a chance to really hear a lot of it, especially since the the sound effects of this game are always going to drown that out more than anything. But I actually I actually do appreciate the uh, the music that they've done uh, in this game. And of course, the, the sound design is is great, too. There's a lot of like weight behind a lot of the effects like the uppercut like feels fucking heavy yes yeah when you drop someone like if you like you sweep the leg or something and they drop down to the 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 ground like there is a real like weighty thud that happens which you know not all games have that and so it does really lend this well weight for lack of a better term to you know the proceedings that you don't always get. And if you don't have that, especially in a visceral game like this, things tend to feel kind of floaty and you do not have that here. Um, It's one of those things that tends to get understated. I think a lot of the time it's just how important good sound design is to the overall feel and experience of a game. And I do think that they really nailed it here. Props to them for sure. Okay, so that wraps it up. We're going to skip the miscellaneous section for today. Not because we don't have a lot of stuff, but I think a lot of that stuff has been covered on the internet ad nauseum. Go look that stuff up if you choose to. There's a ton of stuff from Mortal Kombat, by the way. Just too much we'd probably list in here. We'd be here all day. But we're going to talk about whether or not this game holds up today. And to start us off right now, we're going to go to Demon. Typically, we do the guests last, but we're going to kick it off to Demon first, and we're going to finish this off with our Nintendo host. So, Demon, does this game hold up today? Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's playable and it's fun, but it's again, I'd just play number two. You know what I mean? Like, or three. Like, it, one is good, but it, it just doesn't. Like, to me, this game, it, it's not like going back and playing Street Fighter 2, as again, to, to compare Mortal Kombat to Street Fighter or even to go back and play earlier, like King, King of Fighters or whatever, right? It doesn't, or, or even Killer Instinct on the SNES which, again, ripped off finishing moves from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but it, it doesn't hold up that way. I, I just feel like it's if, if it does, if you, if you want to say it holds up, it's only barely. For me, you're just better off playing Mortal Kombat 2 if you want that retro Mortal Kombat experience. This you can sort of give a miss. All right, cool. Thank you very much. So next we'll kick it over to Shane. All right, so my, my thoughts on whether this holds up today. I think we've been very clear about Mortal Kombat being, you know, a significant milestone, right, in in the history of video games, for sure. I think it's its role in the creation of the ESRB and the industry sort of self-policing and that sort of thing really can't be understated. But it's something that, like, I've never really been able to shake. And it's a sense, as I sort of brought up before, that the actual gameplay experience of Mortal Kombat is just not that great. I think a lot of times when folks look back on this game... They tend to conflate the game's sort of, you know, ubiquity and part of the, the, the cultural zeitgeist at the time and their personal experiences in the arcades, which I'm not going to downplay, with the game's actual quality. I honestly think that if you were to remove all the sensationalism from Mortal Kombat, you would end up with, as I said, a slightly above average 2D fighter. Um, so does it hold up today? Uh, honestly, not really. Uh, if, if it's something, if you're interested and it's something that you want to go back and see what kind of started it all and what was the thing that got everybody all up in arms and, and things like that, like it's certainly playable. 
Uh, It's not like it's a total dumpster fire or anything. It is absolutely something you can go back and play and probably get a a decent amount of enjoyment out of. But like, would you really want to when there are other things, even in the series, you know, that it started that are are probably going to be a better time? As Demon said, like looking at it now, you're far better off starting with just like MK2. It basically takes everything that Mortal Kombat did improves you know streamlines enhances and expands upon and really i think that's a superior experience in just about every category so so i guess that's sort of all a lot to say nah not not really i think it was important at the time for sure and it deserves that recognition but i i don't think it's worth going back to today Mm. yeah i i think i'm going to continue this trend with a k Like if you go to the arcade version, playing the arcade version, it, it could have been a lot worse. I thought I was in for a lot worse of a time. I thought I was not going to enjoy myself. But there are some really good silver linings here that like, let's say you're playing against somebody. It's not that terrible of a fighting game. It's certainly better than efforts like Primal Rage or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters or a lot of other like 2D fighter of the era. It certainly could have been worse. All that being said. The chances of you regularly being able to compete against somebody and that being the prime way of playing this game is probably not what's going to be happening today. You could be and you probably could have a good time. But as Shane said, like, why would you? There's much better games that you would play if you want to play competitively, not to mention almost all of its peers of the era, like even contemporaneously in its own time. There's just better options to be had. But if you do want to play this game and you want to relive that nostalgia and you're going to play this game single player, the the biggest thing that keeps me from recommending this game is something that holds up is the absolutely horrific AI and how abusive it is and how it can read your inputs. It doesn't really encourage the player in any sense. And this includes on the console, not just the arcade, like in every single version of this game. It just doesn't it has no chill it doesn't give a fuck it's going to beat you down it's going to make you know that you're its bitch john romero would be very very jealous of mortal Kombat. i think he is but when you <laughs> when you look at like the gameplay and the fact that every single time you do any sort of input the computer knows exactly what you're going to do it makes the overall experience unenjoyable and because of that and all the other options that you do have, including its sequel which does a lot of the same bullshit by the way mind you mm. there's no reason at all to go back to the original Mortal Kombat. Even the fatalities are better in two. And that's the most attract. That's the, that's the biggest attraction that you could possibly have in this game. It's it's not the worst fighter, like I said, but there are better ones. So does it hold up? No, no, just just go somewhere else. Find something better to do. And I know that's kind of cheap saying, yeah, I mean, better ones came out later because you could say that for a lot of games. But in this case, it wasn't even the best fighter in the year it came out. It wasn't even the second best fighter. In the year it came out. So why would you go back to play the fourth or fifth best fighting game of 1992 uh, uh, other than just to relive your nostalgia? So absolutely not. Tiger, close it out. My nostalgia is so strong. I want to go relive it. (laughs) The power is within you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mortal Kombat 1, man. I do want to say that if you do force yourself to play this game for any reason, you should at least do yourself a favor and play the arcade version because that is definitely the best version among all of the different versions. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't hold up very well. Looking back upon it, and I didn't mention this earlier, it doesn't even have a combo system. Uh, you know, in, in games didn't have combo systems at the time, so it probably wasn't very, uh, it, it wasn't out of the ordinary. And actually, Street Fighter 2 kind of had a combo system, but it was like for it was like for advanced players to to know how to perform those things. So it really just comes off as a super basic fighter every. And I guess I'm trying to like compare it to all these other fighting games at the time. They really did follow suit because it's just like, you know, uh, just I guess they only did seven characters, which is pretty low. But like everyone had like two to four moves. That's that's pretty much how it was for a lot of fighting games then. But it's it's weird how it feels like I could go back and play Street Fighter 2 and World Heroes and Fatal Fury and kind of get more enjoyment out of those games in comparison to Mortal Kombat and not really know why. <laughs> mm, yeah. Other than it looks like garbage. Like <laughs> I, I don't I I can't think of anything more than that because oh boo oh boy like in in and again, I, I say that the fatalities were what really drew you to the game. So now that every game from then to now is, you know, filled with gore and people like cutting everything off and, you know, just just as far as you can imagine, like this is kind of where it started. Like it, it just feels like nothing. It doesn't. <laughs> I just. No, it doesn't hold up at all. It doesn't hold up. So like that—that that is just how how it is. I do think that you know if you have a desire, I think just doing the fatalities yourself and seeing how they you know how they work, and then you play it for like yeah, I gave you five minutes. <laughs> you get five minutes and then you're good. You were saying like about the what do you call it, the AI? Yeah. yeah, you're like you're really just kind of like cheesing. You're learning how to cheese. If you play Mortal Kombat 1, which is really no fun. And yeah, the best. So if you do play, the best way to play is with another person. Just so you can say you played that old game. Any other Mortal Kombat, like everyone else has said, would be a better choice. But I also agree with Mortal Kombat 2 because I feel like that was kind of sort of, I guess, retrospect in retro times, the pinnacle of Mortal Kombat. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, there you have it. So fuck Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, maybe not as good as everybody remembers. Uh, it's certainly not the first time that we've come to that conclusion on the show. But at any rate, um, you know, of course, we appreciate having both of our wonderful extra retro hangover appendages here in the form of guest hosts. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate y'all being here. We, we hope you had a good time. Um, we hope everybody enjoyed listening in um i think actually our discussion today went a little bit more in depth than we thought it was going to so i hope you guys enjoyed the the extra meaty conversation meaty girthy that's right that's right yes girthy content so if this happens to be the first time that you are joining us then we would like to welcome you i hope you enjoyed your stay and hope you'll stick around if this is a a return visit for you then we appreciate you just as much and uh, if you'd like to engage with the show beyond just listening to us yap at you, you can do that and we make it easy. All you have to do is head to linktree slash retro hangover. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash retro hangover. And you will be presented with all of the different destinations that you can wander on to as long as it has something to do with us, whether that be our social media 
or perhaps our YouTube channel or the Patreon or our merch store if you'd like to support the show in that fashion. And we also uh, have a Twitch channel where we play video games. I'm not going to say that we do it well, but we we certainly do that. Chris, when when does that happen and how can they find us? You can go to twitch.tv slash retro hangover at 9 p.m. Eastern time. U.S. that's where we play video games poorly for you. And uh, well, yeah. OK, so twitch.tv slash retro hangover and see some dick dragons. Not hopefully not fap, but play video games. Yeah, that, that's a different website. That's DSP. Ah, that's right. So I suppose then, with all of that being said, until next time. Play with your joysticks. That's Raiden. Is that Raiden? I think it's Raiden. Do I need to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four-ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in headfirst with full 12-ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.